And two, as we were singing, cry of my heart, it is the cry of my heart to follow you. It is the cry of my heart to be close to you. It is the cry of my heart to follow all of the days of my life. Just verse just came to me. Um, third, third John, uh, verse four. I should have it. I, I, it should just come right now. But I have no greater joy than this to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I didn't physically birth any of you, thank goodness. But as being being here in my position. I kind of have that feeling for you guys, just like I do for our children. No greater joy, no greater joy than to hear that you're walking in the truth. Now i got to preach. how many pages of notes I got here today. Three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, we'll be here a while. <laughs> it's actually only one. I don't know, it's been a while since I've seen you, and I, and I heard some people talking to you during the time there. Are you still getting taller? No. You're not. What's that? Got you got boots on. Okay. Because you look taller than the last time I saw you. How about, how about let's see, Aaron, these guys are still in the, the growth stage. Did, did, have you guys grown any this year? Did you? All right. That's really, really obvious to see when, when the kids are grown. When you, get, when you get older like me, you, you go more this way than this way. You, you stop this for some reason and, and go this way. How many of you have grown spiritually in the last year? All right. Hopefully, that, that is, you know, the end, end of the year, of course, I'm going to talk about New Year's resolutions today, right? And I know in the 90s and the early 2000s, it was popular not to do them anymore because, oh, you're not going to keep them, you're going to break them, what a waste of time, don't make them anyhow. You need to make some, folks, and we're going to talk about that today. But hopefully, next year... On the last day of 2024, you'll be in a different space spiritually than you are today. Physically, hopefully, you'll be healthier than we are today for whatever, if any, ailments. I know we got all sorts of ailments. None of us are getting younger day by day. But spiritually... We need to be in a different place next year than we are today. 
Tomorrow we need to be in a different place than we are today. But since we're looking back over the last year, looking forward to the next year, that's the, the time window we'll look at. When I was in junior, I, I've shared this with you guys before, I know. But when I was in junior high, I had a sister give me two three-by-five cards with two different sayings on them. And one of them, I, I still have the cards somewhere, but it's better up here because I don't know where they are. Green is growing, ripe is rotting. Green is growing, ripe is rotting. And I know sometime, and I, couldn't, I didn't take the time to look because I didn't want to read the whole thing anyhow. Earlier this year, I, I, I read a short paragraph to you, and, and it's basically the idea that um, you just need to accept me for where I'm at and all my flaws. I don't need to change. This is who I am. You're, it, it's just the way I am. But that's not the right answer. we got to grow up. We, we should not be, and, and if you look at the title of the sermon, be content but not satisfied. We need to be content where God has us with, with what he has given us because he supplies all of our needs. But don't be satisfied with where you're at spiritually because if Paul hasn't arrived yet, neither of you or I, okay? We, we have not arrived at the spiritual maturity point where we can kick back and say, oh yeah, I can take this year off. I'm here. No, don't, don't be satisfied with where you're at. Strive to love God more. Strive to, to work harder at being obedient to Him. Why do you have this scrap piece of paper? If you got it, go ahead and take it out. Hopefully you've got something to write with. If you don't, there's a cup of pens on the back table. We can get you something to write with. I want you to write down five things that you are thankful for that God did for you this past year. Five things. Keep writing if you got, yeah, five, five was the minimum. <laughs> Write down at least one thing or area that you feel that you've grown spiritually this year. Maybe it's being more consistent in your Bible reading. Uh, you've been able to spend more time meditating with the Lord daily. Uh, 
You did better at scripture memorization this year than you have in the past. You were more encouraging to your spouse, your friend, your neighbor. As Beth mentioned, Ray and Annette sharing the gospel with somebody in the grocery store. Have you become more bold in sharing your faith? Just write down an area that you feel that, that you saw some growth this last year. the end of the message, I'm going to give you five resolutions that you could, should, need a, woulda, coulda, need to this year and work on and do. I shared them last year. I'm going to share them every year until you kick me out of the pulpit here because they're, they're basic, they're important, and, and they're a good foundation. If you have problems making resolutions, of course, the, the, the obvious one is I, I want to lose 25 pounds this year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We'd all, hey, well, no, not all of us can afford to lose five pounds, but I know I'm one that could stand to lose some more weight this year. Probably, no, not probably. I would definitely be healthier if I would do that. Okay, five things that you saw God do for you last year. One thing, one area that you saw yourself grow spiritually this year. Spurgeon had a quote. He said, visit many books, but live in the Bible. You know, I like to talk about marinating in the Scriptures, being in the Word, uh, so that if somebody squeezes you, Jesus would squeeze out, Okay. And I like that, that, that quote's right, right along that, that line. Spurgeon, visit many books, but live in the Bible. And I, I put my little twist on that. I say, visit many good memories. At this time of the year, as we're looking back, but live in the Bible. And, and live in many good memories, visit many good memories, but don't, don't marinate in our past failures. We need to marinate in the Word of God. We need, the, the, the cry of my heart needs to be to be close to Jesus. And we do that not by looking at our past failures, but by spending time in God's words. Turn with me to Psalm 112, if you would. I'm not going to find it now. There's one of our songs. I should have circled it as we were singing through it this morning. There we go. Good. (laughs) Now I know where it is. Psalm 112. I'm going to read Psalm 112 and 113, actually. Praise the Lord, how blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. 
His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light arises in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and compassionate and righteous. It is well with the man who is gracious and lends. He will maintain his cause and judgment, for he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld. He will not fear until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. He has given freely to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor, and the wicked will see it and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Amen. Psalm 113, praise the Lord, praise, O servant of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord for from this time forth and forever. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, his glory is above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is enthroned on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He makes the barren woman abide in the house as a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. As we sang, O church, arise. With shield of faith and belt of truth will stand against the devil's lies. The army bold whose battle cry is love, reaching out to those in darkness. 112, chapter 112 there, verse 7. He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Who is that? The first six verses, it's talking about a a righteous person, one who fears God and, and has a proper respect of Him. In our world today, the 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 one big tool that Satan is using, that the devil's trying to drive home, is fear. He wants to drive fear into our hearts. Fearful hearts are easier to control than hearts that are standing firm in the truth of the Word of God. Don't let the world, don't let Satan suck you in to its fear factory. That will slow your growth. That will slow your growth. In fear, or if you're afraid, praise the Lord and focus on Jesus. If you're discouraged, praise the Lord and focus on Jesus. If you're ridiculed, praise the Lord 
and focus on Jesus. One of the ways we can conquer fear, and, and I, you know, this isn't my phrase, and, but, it's, but it's a good one, is we need to have an attitude of gratitude. I'm sure you've all heard that before. That's why I had you by starting out writing five things that you're thankful that the Lord has done for you in the last year. And hopefully, if you, if you, if you sit down this afternoon, you'd have to get a pad of paper if you wanted to keep writing what God has done for you. But that will drive out fear. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Light arises in the darkness for the, he is gracious and compassionate and righteous. This is the type of person we need to strive to be. He will fear no evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. I don't know the Hebrew word for steadfast, but, but I, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to, to fit that into our, our category of stand firm, our standing firm voices. Do, do, do we have... Is there someone that can just briefly tell me what it means to stand firm? I know Shelby's not here today. She's usually the one that gives the answer for that. So I, I'll get somebody else to, to tell me what it means to stand fast, stand firm. Sure. Amen. I like that. It, or, so what, what was that phrase again? At the core? Okay, yep. Hold on. Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. No, that's all right. That's the very core of his character and action. And when, when Paul uses the term stand firm in the New Testament, there's a picture that the Jew would, would, would come to mind. And I think, Teresa, you, you started to... The floodwaters, okay? The, the, exactly. The, the, the picture that would come to the mind to the Jew when, when Paul is writing in the New Testament to say steadfast is... Now, if, if any of you... I've never been, had the privilege of being to Israel, but they say when, when the Jordan River... Is, is not in the rainy season, it, it points, it's just a little trickle, and it really slows down. But when the rain, it's the rainy season, when the flood season is there, it can be a mile and a half wide in places. So the picture the Jew would have in his mind is to stand in the middle of the Jordan River with his feet on rocks at flood stage with the water just barreling down, hitting you in the chest, trying to knock you off your feet, to stand firm is to be able to stand in that flood 
rock solid, not slipping, not falling. And so when they would see the, the, the picture of the word steadfast or, or to stand firm, it's, it's that image that they would see. Somebody standing in the middle of the Jordan River at flood stage and standing firm, not, not slipping off, not drowning, not being tumbled by the rushing water. He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. If you're fearful or afraid of something, praise the Lord and focus on Jesus. If you're discouraged, if you're lonely, if you're in physical pain, praise the Lord and focus on Jesus. As we see the righteous man here in in. The, 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 the blessings that, that come to this man that, that lives in this manner. He's generous. He lends. His heart, verse 8, his heart is upheld. He will not fear. So to counterbalance the fear, that the, the fear factory that the, that the world wants to tear you up and uh, to, to, will stand against the devil's lies with the shield of faith and the belt of truth. The Word of God, folks, is what will keep you from fear. It's what will keep you from allowing Satan to pull you under. Another verse that that comes to mind, and and many probably have it memorized, 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Paul is writing to Timothy, trying to encourage him and build him up. Should have started at verse 3 and backed up there. But he he starts, and in verse 3, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience. Remember, as we're studying in Acts, that 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 is what drove the the Sanhedrin, the council nuts, and the high priest caused the high priest to tell somebody to slap Paul across the face because he said he, he was living with a clear conscience for the way that he was living his life. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day longing to see you. I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. There's another picture story there, but that's for another day. Which first dwelt with your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, Paul to Timothy. For God, again, has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power. What is that spirit? The Holy Spirit. Remember back Acts 1.8? In the way that we've seen the Holy Spirit work throughout the book of Acts, That same power, the Holy Spirit hasn't changed, okay? He hasn't changed. 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have, have not changed since eternity to, to our little window of time that God carved out for us in eternity to our eternity with Him in the future. We still have access to that same power of the Holy Spirit that came upon the new believers in Acts 1. got the power, folks. We need to utilize it. We need to plug into it. <laughs> Joke this week. Somebody said, ah, I, was trying to, I was trying to help save the, save the environment, so I unplugged a line of uh, charging cars, you know. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, yeah. But, I know, that has nothing to do with this. There's absolutely no stretch of analogy or anything there. It just hit me. Sorry. We, but we need to plug into the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're not living in the power of the Holy Spirit, you need to make sure that you're a believer. You need to make sure that you know who Jesus is. Because if you know Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you. That's power. God gives us that spirit of power. That's why I say, if you're fearful, if you're discouraged, if you're ridiculed, praise the Lord and focus on Jesus and do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Do it in a spirit of love. Back to Psalm 112, the righteous man. The things that he was doing were because he loved. He loved his fellow man. He loved the Lord. He lived righteously because he loved. And the, and the term discipline there could also be termed as, as sound judgment. God has given us a spirit of sound judgment. We don't need to succumb to the fear of the world. We don't need to succumb to the fear of the, of the devil's lies. We need to understand, know, and realize that God is on the throne, God is sovereign, and God is in control. We don't need to live in fear. We shouldn't live in fear. If we're living in fear, you've taken your eyes off of Jesus. We don't need to be cowering. We need to be living victoriously. Five resolutions. I don't know if you got room on your paper, your scrap paper to write it down or something else in your... We've got more scratch paper. If you need another piece, raise your hand. We'll get you one real quick. Anybody? Okay. Turn to Hebrews 12. Haven't had to do a lot of searching so far, but now we get to wake those fingers up, okay? Thought for a second there's somebody taking Hebrews out of my Bible. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I resolve to fix my eyes on Jesus this next year. 
I resolve to fix my eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Even if you don't turn there, write these down so you can later. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. I don't always associate what Jesus went through for us as joyful. But Jesus knew that that's the reason he came, was to be obedient to the Father and do that for you and me. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Next year, I resolved to fix my eyes on Jesus. 1 Corinthians 9.24 Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. And everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I bruise my body and make it my slave, lest possibly after I've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. This next year, I resolved to run the race marked out for me. Your race is not my race. Your race is not the race of the person sitting next to you. We will all run different races in the next year. But we all have the same power and the same Jesus to run that race with. I resolve to run the race marked out for me. Write these verses down along with that second resolution. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. Dig a little deeper and look those up later. I resolve to take up my cross daily. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 26. He was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited? If he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Reminds me of another verse. 
can't think of the reference off the top of my head, but if you deny me before the world, he's going to deny you before the Father. Are you ashamed? That's the number one reason people don't share their faith. For some reason, they're ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Oh, people make fun of me. What will they think? Hallelujah. Let them. But we need to tell them the truth. We need time, time's getting short, folks. We need to be telling them the truth. I resolve to take up my cross daily. I resolve to do all I do for the glory of God. Just over a page, 1 Corinthians 10, verses 23 to 33. Write that down. I'm only going to read verse 31. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. No. Where am I? <laughs> How did I get to Luke? I was in 1 Corinthians 9, and I wanted to go to 1 Corinthians 10, and I ended up in Luke. Okay. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Here we go. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Matthew, you write this verse down with it, with the first Corinthians ten, twenty-three to thirty-three. Matthew five sixteen. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Not to glorify you, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. I resolve to do all for the glory of God. Okay, this is totally off topic here. I'm just going to insert this real quick. Remember last couple of weeks we've been talking about the shepherds? And that when the angels came that the glory of the Lord shone round about. And then there was a multitude of angels. Did it get any brighter when the multitude of angels came? No. Because the angels weren't the ones giving off the, the, the light. It was the glory of the Lord. Revelation 21, 22. See if I get this right now. Yep. And I saw, okay, write this down. Revelation 22, uh, 21, verse 22. I saw no temple in it, and this is talking about end times. For the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God has illuminated, and its lamp is the Lamb. How cool is that? Just referencing back to the last couple of weeks, talking about the angels and the, the glory of the, the Lord shown round about. 
The city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God has illuminated it, and its lamp is the Lamb. And the nations shall walk by its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. Okay, that was, that was extra. Resolve number five. I resolve to put others before myself. And I know none of you will guess that this is Philippians 2. Because I never refer to this. Philippians 2, 1 through 4. I resolve to put others before myself. If therefore there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit and intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. I was like using the example of that person that sits next to you at work that's competing for the same promotion. And they get it and you don't. This verse tells us that we should be just as excited for them as we would be for ourselves if we got it. You got that picture in your mind? Woohoo! He got it! Yay! Really, Pastor, you're being stupid now. Really, literally, come on. I need to be that excited for that? Yes! Yeah, you do. Because we need to consider others as more important than ourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. This is what will help drive out fear. If we love one another, if we are focusing, if we are, if we are praising the Lord and focusing on Jesus... For now, for now the weak can say that we are strong in the strength that God has given us with shield of faith and belt of truth will stand against the devil's lies. An army bold whose battle cry is love! That's how you win, folks. That's how you live like the man in Psalm 112 and then can praise like the man in Psalm 113 is to praise the Lord, is to fix our eyes on Him, is to defeat Satan and his lies and his fear by living in the Word, by living in the truth. So make resolutions this year. A couple more old adages, you know. If you aim at nothing, that's exactly what you'll hit. Just because you, it's, you know, oh, that's trite. Well, just because you hear it a lot doesn't mean it isn't true. If you aim at nothing, that's what you'll hit. And if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail, okay? So make plans, have some goals. Resolve this year that at the end of next year, 2024, 
You'll be spiritually standing firmer than you are right now. You'll spiritually be standing stronger than you are right now. You'll be spiritually encouraging those around you, helping them to stand firm. And we do it by the truth of the Word of God, by being in His Word, by, by being in it that, it that it soaks into our pores, that we marinate in it, so that if somebody squeezes us, Jesus is what comes out. Not, if you, not, not what, would, what comes out of you hadn't better be what would come out of, the, of squeezing somebody in the world. Okay? When somebody hits their thumb with a nail or, or a hammer, hits their nail with a hammer, there we go. What, come, what, what, what comes out of somebody that doesn't know and love Jesus? Hopefully it's not what comes out of you. Be in the Word. Be in the Word, folks. This is, this is truth. Satan doesn't like it. Satan will do everything he can to keep you from this. But this year resolve to be in the Word. To praise the Lord and focus on Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word, and, and, and Father, we thank you that you are, as, as we look forward to the next year, we, we don't know if we'll be here at the end of the year. We don't know if we'll be here at the end of the month. But Father, what you give us, help us to live fully in your truth. Please, Father, permeate our lives as we yield to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.